just like that, they buy it. They eat it up. You pander to them, you thank them. I mean, really, people, I thought you were a little bit smarter than that. I mean, it's just so easy wow. to say the name of the city. You cheer. Hey, oh, Stephanie, you. Stephanie, you just cheer. I just, mean, just come on. Welcome to the A Show. up for the third time and welcome back <laughs> to the a show episode 74 i am justin uh with meals we are the kings of pro wrestling podcast uh very interesting night so far would you say meals it's been very interesting i mean you know it's been very interesting i let, can just say that let's just say let me just say right now uh i want to send out an apology to a guest that we're supposed to have tonight on the show uh john sinvidius we are very sorry uh we we tried to have a guest on the show we're going like two weeks here on very weird <laughs> technical difficulty streak for the a show very unlike us the mojo but, is off man it's like they're trying to stop our shine like we're out here getting I'm telling you, know, you they, they, is coming getting, out I mean, I, he heard. I mean, I don't know who heard. I don't know who the the the. the I don't know who's got something against me, but they they're definitely or us rather. Maybe you pissed off the ghost of Meltzer. I don't know. That's um, probably what it is. It's, it's probably the, the people the, coming after us, bro. I feel like it's it's Conrad. It's all of them, bro. Like they're, <laughs> they're affecting our communication because this is this is weird that this is happening but i do again i would you know once again myself too i apologize to john you can uh, you know follow him at sinvidius on twitter he was the royal rumble pool winner for the male side and we tried to get him on the show today but just everything was so bad that we just had to rebook him for another time so you will see him before this season is over because now we are in spring thank god because it was cold for the last couple months but we are in spring we are back and we're you know let's go through episode 74 of the a show while we still have connection and while conrad and and the rest of them keep our you know your or, or, i don't know or out out outback steak or wherever the hell they're at i don't know <laughs> outback steak no they're at cracker barrel with the rest of them <laughs> uh let, let's start off uh, once again so sorry john we're so sorry like he gave us some some great shit tonight and i, I really hope that uh he's able to tell us uh his stories um, again, in, in the next couple of weeks when we have him back on the show. So sorry. But let's get into Mark Madness quarterfinals action. First matchup, Chris Jericho and Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins defeats Chris Jericho by 68%. Mm. So, I mean, Seth Rollins has really been on a tear this entire tournament. Um, the closest he match he's had this whole this whole time. And he still beat him by 36%. So it's... Uh, it's it's kind of ridiculous. It's uh, it's not even ridiculous. It's just the love of Seth Rollins, to be honest with you. Everyone loves Seth Rollins. He's got great momentum going into WrestleMania. Um, yeah, I mean he he's coasting to this finals, and he's you know he's he's hitting every mark. Uh, next matchup: 
this is like one of the most one-sided <laughs> late round matches we've ever seen. With I think everyone was just, you know, we had, I think everyone had fun with the triple H thing for a while. And then they were like, okay, now see ya. Uh, we we got John Cena versus Triple H. Uh, John Cena washing this dude by eighty four percent to Triple H's sixteen. Uh, not I mean not I'm honestly not surprised by this. I, I think that a lot of people know Triple H wasn't really even as active of no. a, of, a, of a wrestler in the, in this decade, and they see him as the NXT guy. And I think I always thought if you pit him against somebody that might have had a, a more in ring week to week, which Cena clearly did, then that would happen. I mean I think what what's like. Triple H was pretty much stopped being like a full-time guy in 09. And then he pretty much went over to like the, the corporate side. So, um, and yeah. still been having great matches, but yeah, it's bye-bye Triple H, to be honest with you. John Cena, 16-time world champion, um, advancing to the semifinals. Uh, the next match, uh, Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan. Uh, me and Mills, we had a conversation about this earlier today. Couldn't win anyway. Uh, I voted Bryan and, you know, Daniel Bryan won. I voted Roman, so that's interesting. Yeah, I, I voted Brian. I, I like I said last week, Brian's my favorite wrestler in the world, uh, probably of all time. And it's, it's, if you think of the decade, I mean, me and Cyrus had a episode of Spot Callers where I, we actually talked about his '09, and then we went, you know, just a year later, he was in the WWE, and from there on, he was, you know, he might have missed what maybe nearly nearly three years out of this decade, but I think every single time he came back, he had fire, and I think he was one of the honestly like people talk about. You know, his in-ring, he's one of the more underrated promo guys. I think even in this run, he's one of the best guys on the mic. Uh, it's just no it's no surprise that Daniel Bryan got such a, a reaction out of this. And as great as Roman Reigns is, I just think the, the volume of matches that he has had in the decade just pales in comparison to what Daniel Bryan gave us. I agree. I mean, you know, Roman Reigns is the presence. Roman Reigns is the guy. But when you talk about someone who's kind of owned a decade and kind of synonymous synonymous with this decade, especially in WWE, it's got to be Daniel Bryan. We literally saw his rise and his ascent, his peak, his fall, his back. The entire journey and the entire story of Daniel Bryan will likely be told from this decade. So, yeah, I mean, he, he advances to the semifinals. Uh, the last matchup of this round was Sasha Banks versus Finn Balor. Uh, I think we both called it like, Finn's uh, if anyone faces and, and the thing is it's, it's so funny it's like she's like the female Seth on the on the other side with the women it's like you know if if, if you face Sasha you're gonna lose like she handily defeated Finn Balor 68% to 32 uh she moves on this is gonna be very very tight it's gonna be a very very tight uh race coming up I know I applaud the people of this and it's not for just picking over Finn Balor but the fact that Sasha Banks Sasha Banks herself, her bracket was not easy. Her bracket, her bracket consisted of Brock Lesnar, Charlotte Flair, um, AJ Lee, uh, Braun Strowman, and Finn Balor, and she's managed to outlast them all. Um, she's advancing to the semifinals. She's the lone woman. She's honestly the dark horse because when you look at her career from NXT Women's Champion, having that five-star match in Brooklyn a couple years back, advancing to the main roster, five-time women's champion, first-time women's, you know, the first-ever women's tag team champion. She's had an incredible career in this last decade. Um, she's been just as sort of, you can see the parallels between even the Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns thing. While Charlotte Flair is the face, Sasha Banks is the worker, and Sasha Banks is the person delivering these incredible matches from time to time and really has the true passion of professional wrestling 
wrestling in this. So it'll be interesting to see. We got the the semifinal round, which I'm announcing right now, will start immediately as this show airs. So when this show is posted, the semifinals will begin. Um, We are finishing this in March. So the finals will, you know, begin on Monday. Um, we will talk about it next week on the show about the entire thing wrapping up. And I'm sure we'll have a ton of more things to talk to, but we have the semifinals starting right now. And it will be Seth Rollins versus John Cena, which is a match. And both of these guys have been dominating the competition and both of these guys have been bringing it. So it's interesting to see what we'll give in this sort of match. And then we have an interesting encounter between Daniel Bryan and Sasha Banks. Um, oh, wow. Wow. So... <laughs> I don't think I mean I think everyone if you had to pick up if you had a bracket your brackets busted to oh, be it busted honest. the first week it busted the first week yeah it's so we'll see how it goes but yeah that is the Mark Men's semifinals finals we'll be back next week with the winner with the person who are we crowning the best of the decade uh yeah thank you guys once again for voting thank you for participating this has been such a great success um just for this whole thing, like this whole idea we came up with a, a month ago, really, literally. And, you know, it, it's kind of popped off into something that's, that's larger than life. And I want to thank everyone that listened and supports. Um, but let's get into No Holds Barred uh, with with some interesting talk. And this is this is kind of going to be talk that, that kind of like uh, bookends this episode as well. When, once we get to SmackDown, uh, The Rock just this week literally had to answer some internet trolls that did not believe that he was uh he identified himself as a black man so the rock basically had to tell the internet that he's black this week um so this has been a running narrative for probably i mean it it was strong i would say it became very very strong right around the time 2014 it was actually one of the first major talking pieces when me and you first linked up as part of wrestle rap and mm-hmm. this is our article in the atlantic talking about there's no black champions in wwe i mean as as much it doesn't make him any less black that he that you don't feel like he identifies as black um his father's african-american half of him is african-american I do agree that he identifies as Samoan way more than he identifies as black, but that's, I think, embedded in WWE culture. But he is a black world champion, and he is the first ever black WWE champion. And I think, you know, it's still hard for people to accept, and it's still hard for people to think, because when they look at black WWE champions, they, I mean, when they look at even people who, they, it's people who identify as African-American. And I, I understand that he may not have been portrayed that way throughout his thing in WWE because WWE is Samoan heavy and they have a large Samoan lineage that, you know, that I would say it's even intertwined in their whole marketing and the whole growth of the WWE over the last five decades. Um, But the Rock is black, bro. Rock is black. Yeah. I mean, and and really this conversation starting from this very toxic place of this Kofi Kingston angle, which I'm sure WWE is going into with the best of intentions, because I don't, I, and I put nothing on them as far as their reaction to this, because there has been nothing explicitly going the way that people are saying this is going. Like there are people that are literally saying that WWE is racist for a simple babyface angle that Seth Rollins has gone through, that Daniel Bryan has gone through, that The Rock has gone through. If you want to really, you know get that weird with it like the rock never won 
<laughs> and there was never this type of vitriol about it. The Rock really never won, folks. Go back he, in history. <laughs> never wins anything. But Kofi Kingston, and we'll talk about this more on, on, on SmackDown, had a tremendous angle and has had a tremendous month in the company. Some of the best storylines he's ever had written for him. And there are people that are literally like, I can't believe this. This is so oppressing. This is so crazy. Why are they doing this to us? And I get it. Listen, I get it. There is something to having an emotional connection with this storyline, with wrestling in itself. I understand. But to take it to the level of they've, they're have they always doing this to black people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The story has not been written. It is not done. It is not finished at all. We have no clue how it's going to end. They're, they're like Beals, people really think that Kofi isn't going to be in WrestleMania. Like, and on one end, they're going to be perfect. That great, they got him, they got him right on the other end. It's becoming very like sinister, where it's just like, What the fuck? Like, what, what are y'all like? What are y'all saying at this point? Like, y'all are definitely trying to paint a racist agenda where there isn't one. The only people that have mentioned anything about race are the actual black people in the actual storyline. None of the white people have, none of them. So I, I, and sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I do feel like a lot of things. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. I feel like, cause we got to check like every five minutes to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> but I do feel like a lot of this it will be solved eventually when Kofi Kingston himself comes out and talks about it and kind of dispels it himself. I do not think it should be right now because it kind of ruins a lot of the air within this entire feud especially if he comes out and he's just talking about how no this isn't racist actually the company is really really good while he's going through this entire ordeal where the boss is treating him incredibly terribly so but i do think eventually he will come out and talk about it and he will say that yo this isn't that racist and you guys i understand a lot of emotion behind us but nah this is a storyline <laughs> like I, I love you guys but I got this. Don't worry about it. And I think they all got this. And, you know, and win or lose, win or lose the positioning of him as a top guy. It's been a refreshing breath of fresh air. Like, even if that's not the outcome for, for mania, him. bro, for mania, exactly. I'm wrapping my head. About, this is WrestleMania, by the way. I don't know. I don't know if everyone else has realized it yet. I did cut a promo last week um about this kofi kingston thing this is kofi kingston fighting for the wwe championship at wrestlemania but even even bigger than that like u.s 35 u.s title match is now two people of color uh you know like it like the ic title match which i'm pretty sure is gonna happen a person of color holding a title you know what i'm saying like oscar oscar a person of color holding a title very few White guys in those big positions on the show, if you want to keep it a hundred. So it's like you're, you're, they're not seeing the forest for the trees, so to speak. You know, like it, it, they're they're not really understanding what's what's going on. And for the the and you know just to wrap back around to the original point, for the Rock to have to do that is like I, I'm seeing a very scary precedent. And I've been saying on I mean, Twitter, it's it's very disturbing to me. I'm kind of glad he did, to be honest with you, just because it's like. I'm just glad he did. I'll be. It's kind of bad that he had to do it, but I do like that he did. Um, just by the nature of it, just put it out there. Listen, I do identify it. Talk about it. To be honest with you, I think there needs to be more conversation about it. I think there needs to be more. And yes, we all know he's Samoan. He's by far the most popular Samoan that's ever lived on Earth. 
period, ever. Um, <laughs> but I do feel like there are certain times where it's like, yo, I feel like he could talk about, and maybe that's because he doesn't do a lot of interviews or he doesn't do the, these exact interviews. He does a lot of fluff things. But I do feel like there should be times where he talks about his culture, not from just the Samoan side, but his African-American side. But I, I'm also like, yo, he's African-American. What you want me to do? He's a black world champion. What do you want me to do? <laughs> like, say he's not. It's yeah. not true. Yeah. It's so, not true. So, yeah, I, I I imagine this will be ramping up by next week, or it should be a pretty emotional episode of SmackDown next week. But just, just chill out, guys. I know I say this every week, but chill the fuck out. Uh, next up, AJ Styles resigns with the WWE. Um, he announced it in a very interesting and very cute way by showing off uh, the, his new his new puppy and saying, "Oh yeah, I resigned with the WWE." But isn't he cute? Wow. And I and I love that because it was a very snarky way to get back at the, the dirt sheet writers who uh, have been going back and forth about him, you know, going to AEW and shit like that. Like, fuck out of here. He's basically said, "Hey, I got a new dog and some and a bag." So um, honestly, I need the Usos with two pit bulls, by the way. Just, I if I see him two pit bulls, I'm, I'll, if that's the sign, I understand. Two twin pit bulls. Yes, of course. Twin pit bulls. Uh, I, I think this is a great move. I, I don't see anywhere else for AJ Styles to go. Oh, you don't see he wasn't on the AEW watch, baby? You haven't done it in a minute, but... That's because they that's because ain't nothing worth watching. Oh, <laughs> I mean, nothing to watch yet. I mean, we're going to talk about some AEW news coming up right now. I mean, you know... But yes, AJ Styles resigning to the WWE. I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm, I'm, I am I'm. love it. Um, I, I, re- I really love... It's interesting to see. I'll be interested to see where his career goes from here. I'm sure it's less dates, more money. But... Yeah. Yeah, less well. Well, it's probably less dates, more money, more years too. Um, I would imagine AJ retires at the WWE. I would imagine, like if it, if it's like a four or five year deal, I'd, I see him literally going out in style there and, and maybe picking up like a two year deal with way less dates uh, down the line. Right. Yeah. I but it's per- perfect. I, I think there are still a couple of matchups he hasn't done yet or hasn't done to the level that he should. Like I don't think he's the biggest that he could be yet. And no. That's- that's a. I don't know if that's an unpopular opinion, as the kids say on Twitter, but well, well, I I get it as long as you're saying not as big as he could be. As far as like I just said, we we haven't seen him on Raw proper yet. Right, right. In terms of just like the magnitude of AJ Styles, I don't think we've hit the full magnitude that we can see how big AJ Styles could really, really be. Um, I think we'll I see like, it. Yeah, we'll see it in this run. I think. Um, next up, uh, the, uh, our only AEW watch of the week, it's um, back, baby. the young bucks win the triple a tag titles, uh, which kind of furthers their matchup with the, the Lucha brothers at uh double or nothing. Uh, I watched the, I watched the footage of it. The crowd pretty much sat on their hands as it happened. I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I guess this is a cool thing for them. It, it, it adds to their their uh, prestige. I'm yeah. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they won't have the titles for long. I, I would imagine. It. Who booked this? That's what I'm interested in. I'm interested in how you, for your own company, you book for the interest of another company. But I think they're, they're in, in a, a partnership. Old, yeah, I they're in a partnership. I guess they're in a partnership. But it's kind of it's interesting. I'm not fully with it. I get. The shock of how it's done and all this other's done is great. I guess the crowd wasn't really into it, but it's uh it sets up for a match at AEW Double or Nothing coming later this year, actually probably in two months or so. Um I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. Young Bucks, AAA tag team champions, 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't. I don't think they're gonna have it. Uh, they're gonna have it very long. So I mean, not at least not until double or nothing, right? No. Yeah. Not. Yeah. Not. Not until double or nothing. I. I mean, I don't even think. I'm not sure. I'd have to like hit up someone more knowledgeable, Chris Mack, uh, to tell me if there's another Triple A show before that. But I would imagine they're not even gonna defend it. They. They have not even wrestled since. This is the first time they've wrestled since what, like January? So, it's yeah. uh, Do you feel like they're uh? The buzz has definitely gone down. Mm. It's I mean, a little they're 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 a little uh, over oversaturated in a sense, eh? They're oversaturated and underperforming right now. Like I mean, you've seen it today. I think I, I we, we talked about it a little bit in our on our own individual chat, but it's like their YouTube numbers are going down. Mm. It's like there's there's nothing to play to that. And it's like I think it's very odd that they have three hundred K subscribers and they're getting less than a hundred K uh viewers on right. being the elite and all of their double or nothing road to double or nothing shows that like pop nothing like like i i work in social media and you know where there's smoke there's fire like you got 300k subscribers and you're not even cracking 100k so that means that you have a solid 900k or yeah like uh, 90k that keep coming back five or six that might see it from maybe pro wrestling sheet or they might hear it from post wrestling and then the rest of them is like what like so maybe your ceiling is 105 right now at 300k subscribers that's interesting that must mean that no one's either paying towards targeted ads they're not being targeted at all because when i watch wrestling videos i don't see being the elite on my recommended at all no Uh, no i would hope not thank god um, or but but i mean that's what happens when i see from time to time but i don't really see it like that i mean but that's i mean if you're running a company like WWE does it, I see hella WWE because they target, they, they do targeting right. and they, they do it the way you're supposed to do it. But you know, if they're not targeting and they're still getting these numbers, I think something's up with their follower account and how they got it. Yeah. I would just say that much. I would say that much. Like there, no one underperforms that quickly. I mean, I think, I, I think a lot of it's because they're kind of oversaturated and a lot of people have seen a lot of the Bucks over the last number of years. And everywhere you go, that's not WWE. You've seen the Bucks. Even if they went to WWE, I'm not sure if it would be the same. I really think they need to freshen up and take a step back. And I think their idea of freshening up was moving up to another weight class where I think their idea of freshening up is like, all right, so how do we sustain this? How does the Hardys last two decades in the WWE without having to be a team for two decades. How does, I mean, even the Dudleys themselves lasted a long time, even though for a long time they're a tag team and a long time it didn't work um, because they would continuously get stale every six months and they would have to change faces to heels or whatever it is. So I do think Young Bucks needs to figure out a way how to sort of make this entire thing work. I mean, Kenny Omega too. I mean, they, they, these guys are and, and Cody. Like they're all very like pragmatic. Yeah, and, seen, yeah. I mean, we haven't seen Kenny since you know he lost January. The, yeah, he lost the strap, so you kind of get a thing. But with them, it's a it's a little bit different. Um, Next yeah. up on 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 the slate, uh, Ronda Rousey keeps calling wrestling fake. <laughs> so here's the thing. Here's the thing about Ronda. Here is. Rondi, Rondi. Why does she keep calling wrestling fake? <laughs> so here's what I believe. Here's, here's what I believe. I believe she's trying to get heat in a very, like, clever way, but not that clever. Like, her, she wants to piss off 
internet wrestling fans. She's not trying to piss off the general WWE audience. She's trying to piss off internet wrestling fans because guess what? Ronda Rousey is an internet wrestling fan. Ronda Rousey is, I can tell by her promos. I can tell by just everything like that. I can tell by, you know, a lot of the stuff that she does. She was once us, an internet wrestling fan who loved professional wrestling from the seat of their couch on the internet. Um, she on she on Reddit. She on Reddit for sure. She oh yeah yeah yeah. She got burner accounts, all that type of stuff, man. I feel like she's definitely someone who's trying to garner heat in a very interesting way. But everyone, especially the two people in her beef, Charlotte and Becky, are no selling it to the moon. They're just like, girl, what are yeah. you doing? <laughs> they, they are like, Charlotte's you know, like, yo, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> Charlotte is too busy. Listen, man, for lack of a better term, <laughs> well, respect you know. to respect to all the ladies out there. <laughs> Charlotte out there getting her, getting that back blown out. She oh, don't care wow. about that. Oh wow! <laughs> oh wow! Okay, she I didn't know we would get that explicit. Okay, okay. okay. All right. Listen, I had to. I, you know, I try and keep it a hundred here. Yeah, shout out to the shout like, out to the Tranquilo Charlotte, out there, man. Come Charlotte on. don't give a shit about. She looked at that and says, "I got a man. I got a man." <laughs> listen, now listen. I heard some news that you know what? Let me keep it to myself. But you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Becky is just Becky. Becky got like top ten corniest Twitter right now to me. Her Twitter is terrible. I felt, and shout out to Aunt Pavelli, I, fe- I felt the mood when he was like, all right, this is over with, and, and blocked both of them. <laughs> I was just like, okay, this is enough. He I, said, no, no, that was a tweet. Aunt said, enough. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, and it's like, that Charlotte's was a mood, actually, big mood. Charlotte's a good follow. Charlotte's actually a good follow. Like, Becky is a terrible follow. She's a terrible tweeter, like. I think that, like, here's the thing, like, Becky was, like, remember, like, she was corny? Like, that was her, like, gimmick? Oh, yeah, yeah, For like, sure. Is now she's, like, corny and tough. It's just it's not coming off right to me. Like, at first it was, like, yo, Becky getting in that ass. Now, after, like, the, the um, after the the Mickey James incident, I was, like, all right, all right, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> I was, like, I can't do it anymore, bro. I mean, we'll see how this, I mean, there's two more weeks of this, with God willing. Oh, I mean, shit, they're on SmackDown for no reason this week, but we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, l- last thing on No Holds Bar this week, we have a new NXT title, number one contender. Uh, I think we talked about this on the spoiler part of the episode last week, but now we no can No more spoilers, baby. No more spoilers. You should have watched the show already. Adam Cole is the new number one contender. Triple H came to the show uh, this week and announced that they were there would be a fiddle five way to determine the number one contender in a two out of three falls match to make it more definitive, as he says. Uh, at NXT Takeover in New York, uh, Adam Cole won the match by pinning Ricochet. Finally, got his win back. Ha ha! And uh, he will be facing Johnny Gargano in New York. Um, very excited. Very very cool matchup there. We have not seen it yet. I believe. I don't think we've seen that yet. No. Nope. No. Right. Nope. nope. We nope. have not seen it yet. Uh, and that's, it should be very cool. And we're, we're, we get to see it in the two out of three falls uh, atmosphere. I would. I'm telling you, Mills. I know you don't like the long matches. I see this going 45. So get ready. <laughs> I mean, I'll be there. So. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So shout out to Adam Cole for for uh, finally getting his, his opportunity a little bit earlier than we thought he would. I I would have thought they'd do it in in Toronto, but um, I mean, if they do do it, back to where it all started for him. So yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, let's move on to Raw and SmackDown. I know it's getting a little bit late on the East Coast. Let, let's run through that. I, I I honestly think both shows are very uh, other than like SmackDown was probably the most. 
Um, had the most going on this week. Roman was not on Raw this week, uh, selling the injuries from uh, a week ago, which I thought is a great move. I love the way that they are shaping the Roman Reigns character to be more sympathetic by, in a way, preying on the on the uh, emotions of his fans by thinking he might not be 100% yet. You get, You really gave... I think in this entire thing, you really gave it an opportunity where Roman Reigns is, and not to say that, you know, he's a sort of magnet for this thing, but he steals a lot of, you know, attention and a lot of, he, he's the, he garners a lot of attention. On this show, it was all Drew McIntyre. It was Drew McIntyre with the promos, Drew McIntyre with the talking, Drew McIntyre with the walking, Drew McIntyre with everything. And I think that's how you kind of need to continue to build up Drew McIntyre because Roman Reigns is is a big opponent for him. And we need to continue to we need now we need to bring Drew McIntyre back to that level. He was kind of floating for a bit as part of Baron Corbin's, you know type of deal but now he's back in full force and he's there he's he kicked the you know he kicked the crap out of d ambrose last week he kicked the crap out of seth this week i mean he's on I, don't his like I don't like that and that's what and that's like my main issue with the show this week is that the the main thread of the, of the show was that uh drew and seth and brock were kind of intertwining in that storyline i i get that you want to create doubt for roman by having Drew beat everyone in the shield. You don't mm-hmm. have to pin the Royal Rumble winner to do that. I no, think so. Go ahead. Seth has been fine, barely in the ring for the past two months. I think your first big match, you have him come back. He loses. And not only that, he loses to a distraction finish. Does not help him. I mean, so the thing, he was distracted by the Universal Champion, which, you know, Brock Lesnar, he doesn't Brock come out didn't hit him. He Brock, doesn't, doesn't, didn't, like, Brock didn't hit him. This is true. This is true. I do think that somewhere between now and WrestleMania, Seth Rollins will get an inch of retribution back on Drew McIntyre. I think that that's how it should be, at least, especially with this kind of victory going on. Um, but it's a, you know, it's an unfortunate sort of, yeah, it's an unfortunate type of deal. But I don't know. I'm not too, because I see Drew as the the next man up anyway. This is true. I do think that if, um, regardless of whoever wins the universal title and me, uh, Drew is clearly there's positioning him to be the next challenger regardless. Um, I think that, you know, and, and my fucking issue with this whole thing is that you could have just had Drew DQ himself by beating his ass too much and creating more doubt in Seth by having him be beaten to a point where it's like, oh my God, he took six F5s, he took six Claymores. How will he beat, you know, how will he beat um Seth or how will he beat Brock with with you know with these things against him? Having him get penned, I don't think that's a good idea. I, I think that's just it's more of that what they do sometimes where they basically say wins and losses don't matter as long as in the in the end he wins. And I'm like, no, I, all the people care about is that he just lost to Drew. Yeah. You know, and unless you're unless you're setting up to setting up Drew as like the next guy, which clearly he is, he shouldn't be getting a win over you like that. It should be Dean taking all that that punishment. But it's like, essentially, I guess they've killed him off on TV, so he's not going to come back. So it's, it just doesn't make sense to me. All right. Yeah. You know what? You make a very strong point. Uh, Kurt Angle Oof. announced his final opponent uh, for WrestleMania. It, it is, you know, as as we all know, it's Baron Corbin. Um, P- he had you. Oh. Well, if gross, 
but if you go back to November, Mills, we've been saying it's going to. I don't want to go back to November. <laughs> November. Was okay, not but I'm good. saying. <laughs> I'm just saying we it, this this is what it looked like from the jump. It was going to be this regardless. I I don't think having seen a pop up. Listen, as soon as he announced it. Chad Gable came out and I said, oh boy, <laughs> like, there's no way this is going to, and, and, and you know, it ended up to Chad Gable. I'm still not cool with, with Angle beating other guys, but whatever. Um, Kurt Angle can barely move. His yeah, neck is hanging on. His neck is hanging on. I don't think it's his neck. I think it's his entire body. He can't go anymore. He can't no, go. He can't go. He can't. John Cena, can't. John Cena, when he came back, uh, wasn't that good either. And I think you run the risk of an Undertaker-like match where, like, someone's going to get hurt with these two uncoordinated guys. Like, Kurt is now uncoordinated. And John Cena is now uncoordinated. I don't think he's so much uncoordinated as he is, like, he's moving at, like, when Kurt Angle was in his prime at 100%, he's moving at, like, 20%. Like, he's not fully, like, maybe, maybe like, 30%. He still does things. But yes, it takes him like a while to get around. And I do, he looks like he's sore all the time. Like he looks like all the time. Like he just, <laughs> he just moves bad. Remember, you um, know how I say, you know how I say that Matt Hardy moves like he's got doo doo in his butt? Well, that is true. I think he, he moves a little, I don't know. Kurt moves, moves like his entire, Kurt moves like his entire body is shit. <laughs> his <laughs> like, posture is weird. His. It's just everything. It's like, it's clearly, I'm interested if he's actually retiring or just like, I want to end my career. To, he's, he needs to, he's already a Hall of Famer. Just, just let it go, bro. Let it go. Yeah. I mean, he's done a lot over 20 years of professional is, wrestling. My thing is like, I understand that, you know, you can be disappointed in Baron Corbin, but like WWE never promised that it was going to be anyone outside of the active roster right now. They oh, never said yeah. any of that. Well, they don't promise anything, but still, P.U., gross. Ugh. It's like, are, but, and you're allowed to be disappointed, but are you allowed to, to have that much vitriol against them if they never said, they never pointed you in John Cena's direction at all? <laughs> I would prefer John Cena, but... I, 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 but I'm saying, I understand that, but, like, how could you be mad at the booking here when they never told you anything different? Like, Because Baron Corbin stinks. P.U. And just as I was about to make the next point... <laughs> <laughs> about Kurt Angle. Once again, our audio crapped out, uh, but we're back in a, in a more abridged 2017-2018 uh, uh, way of doing this. Shout out to all the day ones who remember the first episode of the A-Show sounding completely like this, but here we are. Uh, you know, we just deal with how we kind of deal with because we definitely do want to kind of bring you guys these content, but I think, what were we up to next, man? Uh, Ronda Rousey basically uh, whipping Dana Brooke with a switch, so to speak, <laughs> on tonight on that on uh, on the episode. I think, I mean, I, I feel like the point of it was to get over like Ronda Rousey's this new kind of monster, um, and Dana Brooke was just like the meat, the tenderloin, everything that sort of all the sort of metaphors for like the person that this was to showcase the new Ronda Rousey without calling her the new Ronda Rousey because that steps on the toes of the new Daniel Bryan. But I don't think I like her as a heel. You know, I like her as a I I'm intrigued as her for her as a heel, but the fact is that she hasn't fully even figured out professional wrestling as a character standpoint as of yet. So it's kind of hard to understand 
it's kind of hard to sort of the nuances you need as a heel because coming with a heel is a lot of acting and a lot of you know getting things across and a lot of things like that and she hasn't really got it down she hasn't gotten the full nuance of the performance down of professional wrestling she's got the athletic side because she is an olympian and a champion and etc like that but she doesn't really have that sort of the way to tell the story she when you look at her and you look at brock lesnar brock lesnar is a sports entertainer like yeah. i don't buy like trade and i really think it's probably the best thing that he does period more than UFC, more than anything, the, the man is a sports entertainment. Often I wonder what the hell he's thinking when he's in the ring, but his facial expressions and his selling and everything is usually spot on. And Ronda Rousey hasn't really figured that out yet or tapped into that of yet. No, um, I, I I thought the segment, again, like you said, the physical parts of that pro, uh, pro uh, that uh, segment was were very well done. Like the security part. Uh, even the part with her awkward husband, Travis Brown, was, was really good. How she came up and kissed him and stuff like that. Playing off of her her vlogs and stuff like that that she's had for That's the past a, month. I mean, that entire... I mean, I'm still trying to figure out what they do there. Because, it's like... They banned him from... They banned... I think they said later on, or they said in a story, that they banned him from coming to any more events or something like that. But then what was the point of that? Like, he wasn't there anyway. Like, it, 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 it doesn't really make sense to kind of how they necessarily have done that. Um... Nor did I like the acting in the beginning where it's like John Cohn is like, Rhonda, you're late. Like, <laughs> you're late. And she's, she's like, whatever. Like, obviously reading off some lines or whatever the hell it is. And it's just like, this entire thing is getting way more complicated. And the Travis Brown thing, I don't think it needed to be included because it makes it a lot more convoluted than it is. There are three women who hate one another who need to get it out in the ring. And we're two weeks away. Don't bring in any other characters. Yeah, we're, like we're done. They, yeah, this is like when they try to bring Deborah into Rock and Stone Cold's feud, and it's like, bro, we don't need Deborah. Like, it's it's the Rock and Stone Cold. I think it sells itself. Absolutely. Like, I, I'm I'm so over this, and even on SmackDown, I'm like, you know, you're, I know you don't have much for KO to do, but it's like, the, these ladies, like, they if, if you cut pro, if you did, like, a video package every week till, till Mania, and they didn't actually show up, that's fine. Like, I know you're going to have their, their go-home promos. Maybe do the go-home promo in a, in a pre-tape. Because at the end of the day, it's like, other than popping the crowd for Becky actually coming out, I don't understand what, what the point is of having them on the show every week, especially if they're not going to have matches. Because for some reason, like, other than Ronda, they're keeping Charlotte and Becky away from every other woman in the roster for some reason. Like, mm-hmm. Becky hasn't had, like, a match against someone who's not uh, Asuka or Charlotte in, like, three months. And it's like, it's very like odd and weird. It's like, I I don't know what they're doing or what they're protecting everyone else from. It's like, you have the Iconics doing stuff, like doing nothing. Like they could be fodder. You get, put Lacey Evans in the fucking ring. Like let her go against one of them. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. Like I really don't like the storyline anymore. I think it's it's very, very, it's probably my least favorite Mania storyline. Like I get, I get people saying that Kofi and Brian are, uh, Seth or Brock shit main event. I get that, but like we know that's not going to happen. Like this, they, they put more effort into the storyline than they have anything else in that show or, or on Mania. So like I get it, uh, and I, I think other than that, like you want to talk about the Batista segment? I didn't think there was much to glean from that. That's another program that I don't need a lot of promos for. Um, I think we're going to end up getting a lot of promos, whether we want it or not, because I don't think either of them are going to get on the ring on Monday Night Raw, but. I feel like you know it was a good it was a good visual. It's a uh, you know like he was in a boiler room with with a window. 
there was no window there. That was the worst part about it. It was clearly <laughs> a brick wall with curtains in front of it. Like, there was no window. I, I, I know a window when I see a window. And I know a brick wall when I see a brick wall. There was no window behind that brick wall. It's like, weird. It was just, and he's like screaming, get out of my office. So I'm like, bro, you're, that's, that's your office, bro. But you rich. Um, he's supposed to be rich. Great visuals. I'll give it that. For sure. Great, right. great visuals. I mean, whoever thought of that segment and even Batista coming in looking mob boss style and just looking kind of like over it, but still in it and his type of reasoning for that. I think it to I think he continues to dispel the people who are like, man, he kind of sucks on the mic. He's he's delivering the message and he's doing it very, very well. And Batista isn't it. It's just a character that's like you listen to what he says, nonetheless. Yeah. Like he's Batista, so you're gonna pay attention. Um, but I just assume the promo video for this is going to be incredible. So we'll see. Uh, let's move on to SmackDown Live. I think that was pretty much it. I, I, I uh, not no Alistair Black or Ricochet on both shows this week. You only had well, Rick- we had Ricochet. Yeah, you had Ricochet versus Jinder Mahal, but. I mean, you didn't really need to see that to know what the hell going on. Yeah, I, I think they're. I think they're saving. I, I really. I think a couple weeks ago we were thinking they're. They're kind of you know a shoe a shoe in for the raw tag title at um at Mania, but I, I'm not so sure. I, I think this week they they wanted to get the Seth and Brock program back in the people's faces, but it's like you know you you build them up so hot and you can't have them disappear off TV. You just can't. Like no, I mean, but. So here's the thing. You got a million things to promote. I don't think a week off of television gives them any sort of, you know, problem, um, especially since they're so dynamic characters and they look great. And I think they're going to be great anyway, because really that entire tag division wasn't on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> so it's kind of like there, there's nothing really to lose. You had an Apollo Crews match versus Baron Corbin. We had Braun Strowman. Which, which Baron lost, by the way? I mean, hey. By distraction. Um, yeah, Braun Strowman declaring himself for the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, which is still a thing that happens, and he looks tailor-made for that. But there's not a lot really going on on Monday night. On, on Tuesday night now, I mean, still not a lot going on. Yeah, still, I, I, mean, I thought this was I, – I thought – I mean, after a streak of really hot episodes, I thought this was kind of on the, on the lesser end of those. I, I wasn't as enthralled with the gauntlet as I was with the last one. Um, I would have I would have appreciated it if the gauntlet started off the show, right? In, instead of being in, so you can still like hype up something else. Um, you can still like it doesn't have to be just this one attraction on the show. It can be more than one attraction on the show. But you know, you you get where they're going from this. Yeah, and and, and from from how it ended, it had to end the show. Uh, you had the Miz in a really great opening promo. I I am all in on Babyface Miz. I think this is his best incarnation of the babyface character that he's ever ever had um he, you know he talks about uh being you know hard work showing up for talent when talent doesn't show up and and you know saying things like that like i think you keep him in, in this in this uh in this slot for for a while and i think a lot of great will come from it i think actually a, a title run could come from it honestly because i think that the crowd is firmly behind the guy right now i think you know there's an expiration date on Face Miz, and I think it's and and to me when you when you turn him heel, he's one of the best. When you turn him face, there's a lot of competition, and there are quite frankly a lot more people that you believe as a face than him. And I would you know point to AJ Styles and Mustafa Ali and potentially even Kevin Owens because 
The thing is, the Miz, as much as adversity that he goes through or he claims to go through, you don't truly believe it in his like fine tailored suits and his like hot wife and his like huge house. So you don't really believe that. So the way he's bringing in his father into this thing, it's very original. It's very cool. Um, but at the same time, I do believe there's like an expiration date and there is like he's not being used at his full powers when he's a face. Now, this entire run. I get it. I'm interested in how Shane McMahon is just a heel and how that works in this entire thing because I haven't seen Shane McMahon as a heel in almost well, 20 years. Well, I think that like Miz calling out the fact that he has been he has betrayed people, he has lost friends and stuff like that in the past. I thought that was incredibly strong. I think you don't shy. I mean, he's a strong promo. He's a strong promo. I don't. I don't. Wrong. I don't think you shy away from the fact that there is an expiration date and there are people that might not trust this turn. I think there is a lot of ways you can go. SmackDown is like a very like heel heavy show right now but then but still you have like you have a new day you have a Rey mysterio you have an r-truth you have an aj styles you have you have a lot of different combinations on i think the miz kind of gets lost in that um especially considering the three guys i named he's not as dynamic in the ring where you have to have that fire and come back that's why he's doing like springboards and shit like that because you kind of got to make up for that. As a heel, he doesn't have to do much because no one thinks he can wrestle anyway. But as a face, you kind of got to show up and show out. Yeah. Um, that's where I think he kind of, you know, I'm, I'm critical of that. It's not that I hate face Miz, but it's just that it's just different and it puts him a lot further behind the eight ball. I don't think he's closer to the WWE Championship as a face. I think he's actually further away. Um, I'm fine with that too. Uh, well, all right, well. <laughs> Uh, the the boss the Boston hug connection uh, visit SmackDown this week and they uh, they Bailey on SmackDown for the first time in her career. Uh, yeah, cool. Uh, they have a match, I guess. I guess the Iconics. Uh, without a doubt, probably one of the worst matches I've seen this year. I think. I did a long rant about this last week that got cut, but they still have not fi- figured out women's tag team wrestling as of yet. Well, um, don't put them in the ring with the Iconics. <laughs> but the Iconics are a tag team. I don't know what you want them to do. <laughs> they're not They're not a singles competitor. Lord knows what that would be like. That would be even worse. I feel like that would be even worse. <laughs> they're a tag team, so it's kind of like you got to go through these entire things, and the only way they're going to get better as a division is to work together. And, and But... I think just the, the brand of women's tag team wrestling, we haven't really seen it in this iteration in a number of years, especially on a worldwide scale. And I don't think, I think it's still building. I think we're still working towards something. I, I don't think Sasha and Bailey have it figured out either, judging by whatever double team move they attempted. <laughs> well, it looked uh, like, it looked like they, it looked like Peyton was waiting for the drop kick and it didn't come. It looked like they were too close and Bailey couldn't pick her up in time for her to receive the kick because she, she Irish whipped her too close to her. Yeah. So that's why Peyton had to come off the other side and then, you know, nonetheless, they don't have this thing figured out yet. I, I don't think any of them have this completely figured out yet. So I, I, think. I think this puts a SmackDown team in that match that has uh, inconceivably three Raw teams in it anyway. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would imagine that the Iconics are, I mean, we, we speculated that it might be Mandy and Sonya last week. Uh, which leads us to like the next point, but it looks like it's going to be Iconics versus Boston Hug versus Nia and Tamina versus Beth Phoenix and uh, Natty 
Uh, but next week in Boston, we will have Natty and Sasha in Boston on Raw. So uh, that could probably be set in stone at that point and then get the, the contenders who have uh, rightfully beaten them in a match. Like no one else has beaten them in a match. So rightfully, that, that would be cool uh, for that to happen. But speaking of – go ahead. And I'll say that for those who are worrying about Oscar's thing, there is a number one contenders match for yes. the SmackDown Women's Championship next week. It is a – fa- Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, they announced it in a confusing way. Yeah. Weirdest. They announced it as Mandy and, 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 right, and, you know, I got confused rightfully so as well. It's like they announced it as Mandy and Sonya will face Naomi and Carmella separately. And I said, oh, okay. But I was like, how does that gonna, so I'm like, so. If, what if they both lose? What if they both lose? Like, I, I don't, I didn't understand it. But then it, it turns out when you look at the video, I believe as Kayla said, it was going to be a fatal four away. Which oh. makes a lot more sense, and I didn't look at the videos, just Kayla. Sorry, yeah. Kayla. Um. So I'm guessing a double pin situation will be happening, or or some type of uh, a, a chicanery will happen around this. Just put them all in the match or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'd much rather that than have it be uh, like it. I'd much rather that than have Oscar not be the focus of the program because it doesn't right. seem like she's the focus of the program. If you put Mandy and Sonya in it, it will literally just be Oscar getting out by the skin of her teeth b- with a miscommunication by one of the, one of the, you know, one of the other two. Um, but I mean, cool. She's got a direction, I guess, uh, get everybody on the card. Cool. Whatever. And finally on SmackDown, no tag teams on this show as well <laughs> at all. Uh, I, I, I don't know if anyone saw it, but, uh, uh Jeff, uh, not Jeff, but Matt Hardy did, uh, call out the Usos on Twitter last weekend. So it does look like Matt we're going to be getting just be doing his own thing. Matt Hardy, all he needs is a camera in a quiet area <laughs> and he'll just, you just post up anywhere to be honest with you. I don't I, even think the company knows that he's doing what he's doing. Well, they did. He does what he they did come out with a shirt for the Hardys that said the greatest tag team in the universe. Oh, I forgot to say this. Did you see? Did you see Monday Night Raw? Tamina has a shirt. Yeah, I saw that. There is no one Mina than Tamina. Here's my thing about that. Why wasn't it the Newport sign? Like the Newport logo? <laughs> how is it? First of all, how does Tamina have a shirt? How does Tamina have a hoodie? I thought Tamina printed her own thing and it was just like talking that it was like i got my own graphics guy trust me this is going to be fire Nobody's my my cousin there. my cousin Londrell made this for me the third uso <laughs> who like shows up on nxt from time to time oh my is god is like print also print shirts at whatever graphic design shop he print, he's been printing uso shirts for forever and selling them out the trunk um no one meaner than tamina that's all i gotta say but uh, Matt Hardy seems to be putting out the the feelers for for that match. Uh, spin and, and, and I mean, I'm all for it, but they weren't on the show this week. It, that, like SmackDown and Raw have a lot of ground to cover next week. Just, just to be clear, like I even asked it this week, I was like, is SmackDown going to be three hours this week because they have a lot of shit to cover? And I mean, as you saw in this week, they only really had four main segments on on the show. You also had Rey Mysterio, like I, I mentioned earlier in the show, announcing that he was going to be in the U.S. title match. Uh, with his son Dominic, who who looks like he's a a, a burly Dominic's a grown ass man. He's a, he's a burly and and you know what he, he yeah, did. Shout out to Eddie Guerrero's son. Oh wow! Come on, guys, stop being disrespectful. <laughs> no. uh, it was the whole storyline. What's the disrespectful about it? He he um, was uh he wasn't bad on the mic either. I, I I didn't mind him. He was pretty cool. I think he's training to be a wrestler, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He uh, I think he finished training too. I think so. He better I saw be. Him. He better be good. I think. I mean, he doesn't look like a Rey Mysterio Jr. to me. The man is towering over his dad. <laughs> he 
he gotta be about six two. Okay. He could he could the thing about it is he could he could be five eight and it would be the same shit. Bro, he is huge compared to his dad. Bro, I, I I mean I, I think he I I would like to see him in the in the ring. He he got some drip. He got the Gucci the Gucci jacket on. I, I'm I, sure I, his I dug dad it. copped him for that. Oh, come on. I'm sure his dad copped it for him. I don't think he knows the drip fully yet. Oh my god. Um, but uh, that was announced as well on the show. Uh, what did you uh, do? You want to go over this this Kevin Owens show segment? It was completely pointless. It was a complete no, waste we of don't ten need minutes. To go over it. I, um, it was a waste Kevin of Kevin Owens as a face is also a shaky character, but I'd rather him as a face. But you need to give him motivation. That's kind of what you did. And they're kind of in this space where it's kind of like they're not fully sure what they're doing with him yet. And maybe they brought him back too early. No, they no. They got to the fin- finish the storyline with, with Kofi first. Everyone's got their own thing right now. I feel like they brought him back at a time where they're not sure what the hell he's doing. We're not sure what he's doing. So he's just hosting shows and stuff like that. So it's kind of like... There wasn't necessary. There was a plan in place. The plans change, and then here's an idea to figure stuff out. Here's an idea. It, they're going to do it anyway. Bring Sammy back. Put him in a tag team. Have him go against the Usos after Mania. Yeah, after Mania. But what does he do for Mania? I guess Andre. Andre. Is he's going to be in the, have him be in the Andre and Sammy come out and save him or something like that. Have him win. Have him win it. Have KO win it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I I just, I, yeah, I could see him win. Like have Sammy be the one that helps him win. Like I, last year, the the Andre, the, the how Bray Wyatt helped Matt Hardy win. Oh shit, that did happen, huh? <laughs> that sure did happen. And Bray Wyatt might show up this year and make someone win. I don't know. Oh, Bray God. Wyatt also picking up the check <laughs> every week. <laughs> Where he at? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> like with his girl. <laughs> well, listen. Uh, tiny little horses, baby. The the final forty five minutes of SmackDown was dedicated to the uh, Kofi's Gauntlet of Destiny, so to speak. Um, not really much to say here. I thought the Cesaro and the Sheamus matches were were pretty strong. Uh, the Randy Orton part was was pretty strong as well. A lot of callbacks to their old past. Um, the, this is all a no mercy on N sixty four program. Literally all it is. Uh, of course, you had the DQ finish. You had the roll up finishes. You had the same. It was basically structured a, a lot like the last gauntlet, honestly, with Kofi fighting from beneath uh, the whole time, even against like Samoa Joe. Um, in the end, it turns out after he uh, beats Randy Orton with another roll up, um, Daniel Bryan comes out as the final opponent. Beats Kofi in about two minutes, and uh, the show Current ends. Subject to change, huh? <laughs> How about that? Uh, and, and you know, as we mentioned before, in No Holds Bar, it caused a lot of uproar uh, on, on one side, and a lot of people saying this is this is great, like babyface booking on the other. I lean on the side of this being great babyface booking. Listen, there is no WWE title match right now. Who do you think is going to be in the match? <laughs> like, come come on, guys. Like, be be fucking real with yourselves. Um, I, 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 like I said earlier, I was not as enthralled with this one as I was with the first gauntlet match. I think, well, they, yeah, they have them like a month apart. It's kind of, yeah, it, it's a little bit too much for me to have another one. Um, I, I think Kofi, and here's my thing. Kofi is a great baby face. He's a, he's a great baby face. I think there are stronger baby faces on the roster right now. I think a lot of what kofi is doing right now is like incredible because like honestly we didn't know he had the range so a lot of it is like holy shit like i didn't know he could do any of this shit but it's like the matches to me 
aren't really all there. They're very like 2010 WWE. And well, yeah. And I think that like I think someone said it best. Like he's very much a system wrestler. And that's fine and that's cool and all well and good. I think there's going like, to he, he's almost almost like Booker T also in a sense where it's like he plays up to where his opponent is. So like if he's against Daniel Bryan it's going to be fucking incredible like it was in the Elimination Chamber and and uh the last match they had against each other. But it's like, you know, I, I'm waiting to see how they treat this if he does win the title. I'm very interested in see because it, it reminds me of a lot of, and I know I'm dating myself here, but uh, Daniel, uh, when actually it has something to do with Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryan as well. When he, when Homicide and ROH beat Brian Danielson and he had the title and he literally had it for a month and a half, he got squashed in like ten minutes to lose it to, to, to Takeshi Morishima, and that was pretty much the end. And it's like. Will that piss people off more? Because that's what I see happening if he wins. Like, I'd much rather, like, okay, it's a feel-good moment if he wins. Great, great win. But maybe, and again, we argued this again, and I have to bring it up again. It's like, to me, the moment is outshining if it actually happens or not. Because I feel like there are other people that could really carry that belt, you know, more. And this isn't, you know, I know a lot of people are probably going to be mad about it, mad about it, but it's like, I like the moment of him going to WrestleMania because remember, I didn't want him to, to be in the match in Fastlane. I wanted it to be a Mania anyway. Right. But, but him winning it to me is like, I don't know what the matches are going to look like. Like, he's a great face, but would I like him in that position over, a, you know, anyone else right now? Like, over a Ricochet? Hell no. No. Uh-uh. Or Mustafa Ali? No. Not at all. I, I, I'm, I'm very interested to see how they, how they play this. Like, I know there's a lot of emotions. Emotions are riding so high on this right now. But it's like him winning the title to me right now is like, I don't know. I, I'm not completely convinced right now. I'll say that much. It's a good moment. It feels good. Like, the storyline's great. I think the storyline's perfect right now. If, 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 if it's possible for me to think the storyline's perfect, but I don't want him to win, that's how I feel right now. Hmm. People are gonna call me a. They're gonna call me an Uncle Tom for this. Hmm. They are, without but without listening to my points. Go ahead, call me one. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna call you one. That would be mean. Um, I won't call for you one. <laughs> of course you do, but like when you know what the outcome is, it's like I would really much rather him have a moment that nobody else has had in in the in this in the case that he has been given a wrestlemania moment he has a great baby face moment it's fucking perfect i don't like past that him winning the title that that's great we need a black person to win that title i think that it would be it would be great i'm pull, i'm pulling for it is he my like top of the i want Big E to have it over him I want Ricochet to have it. I want those guys. But the thing is, though, and this is what I also understand, Kofi having that title opens up the doors for everybody else to get it. So on, on, on another end, I'm like, okay, I'm okay, I'm like, okay, cool, let them have it. You know? I don't know. I'm 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 torn, but I am rooting for Daniel Bryan though. I think Daniel Bryan is a great champion. I think he's a fucking phenomenal heel right now. I, I don't want him to lose that title at all. I think we'll have to see what happens as as this continues to go along. Um, but but Justin, I have to get out of here. Yeah, we both have to get out of here. Uh, uh, yeah. We have to end this show. Um, 
two and a half hours of recording if you have not counted. But <laughs> yeah, we we, we got to run. We got to right. run. Uh, we want to thank everybody for listening to the show. Uh, follow us at RNC Radio Live and subscribe to us at the A Show. Uh, a Show RNC on SoundCloud. You can also find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Uh, until next week on the A Show, uh, we'll be having the the finals of Mark Madness. We'll be able to announce what the finals will be. We'll be talking about that. We'll, we'll know who wins. We'll know who wins. Yeah, we'll know who wins by by next week. Uh, make sure that you check out and vote as soon. It, it will be going up as soon as this episode is posted. And uh, until next time, uh, thank you for listening. We're so sorry to John once again. And uh, so sorry to everyone else for the rampant fucking problems that we've been having with the show for the past two weeks. Will not happen next week. I, I fucking bet my life on it. But until then, thank you Don't for listening. Don't bet your life on it, bro. Never bet your life on anything. I'm going to bet my life, life on this because this is my life right here. I love this show. The Yay Show. Turn it up. Until next week, I'll see you guys later. Happy Rusev Day.